Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening, come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. We are in Romans today. Did you know that? Yes. I um, a couple of weeks ago, I've enjoyed Brian's uh, series on Wednesday nights in Hebrews so much. Uh, A few weeks ago, uh, I stood up to teach and almost said, "Good morning." Let's open up to Hebrews chapter seven and. Uh, Jesus is better, but I, I managed not to go there. So, so today uh, we are uh, still obviously in Romans. This is week 18. Um, we're going to read through some text today. That the section that we are in right now is getting uh, is kind of a long section. So we're in this righteous freedom section, chapters five through eight. Uh, there are 11 weeks that we're going to be in this section. So you're going to hear this particular text read uh, several times. Uh, I hope we don't get tired of hearing the scripture being read. Uh, that would be a little more than discouraging. But things can get uh, repetitive. But the great thing is this material is new every single time we look at it, uh, which is wonderfully encouraging. So we'll start with chapter 5, verse 1, and read all the way through today, uh, 7, 6. So if you've got your Bibles, you want to follow along, feel free to do that. Um, I have, I have found it um, uh, helpful for me personally when I know a particular passage of Scripture is going to be read to read it ahead of time and then listen to the reader in a public space uh, read the text. So sometimes things can come out uh, that way as well. All right, Romans 5, 6, and 7, 1 through 6. <clears throat> Therefore... Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from him, by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we're reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, 
And so death spread to all men because all sinned. For indeed, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who were sinning, whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from dead to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. What then? Are we to sin? Because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Now, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives? For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband's alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law. And if she marries another man, she's not an adulteress. So likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For if we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we may serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So, this is a short text, these six verses in chapter 7, compared to some of the other sections we've looked at. Uh, but the literary structural observations, what do, you, what do you notice the first thing about this particular text? The very first thing. Like, it starts with or, yes. So we have seen, and, and this is a danger in, in teaching a very, very long series, is that you can, that we, you, uh, we can focus on individual lessons to the point where, well, this is the only thing that's important. And then the next week, this is the only thing that's important. And the next week, this is, you know, this is a connected whole in Paul's mind. The Holy Spirit is giving him a long, lengthy uh, argument. So we have to keep in mind that larger argument, uh, which is why... I put this up every single week. So we start with righteousness introduced. We moved into righteous wrath, saving righteousness. And now we see the uh, righteous freedom described and the impact of that. So this is part of this longer section on righteous freedom. So let's look at the words. What do the words mean? So verse 1, Or do you not know, or to be ignorant of, or not understand, brothers? For I am speaking, right now I'm speaking, present active tense, to those who know the law, the nomos, that the law is binding on. And some of you, if you have another translation in the ESV, it might say rule. That's your blank. The, the law is binding on. So if you've got your hand out, your first blank is rule. <clears throat> or it has dominion over. It lords over a person only as long as he lives. Does this make sense? Do we, I mean, this makes sense even in a legal sense today in America. Do we charge dead people with crimes? What's that? We just elect them to office? Okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, we don't charge dead people with crimes, right? Because what would you do? You, you're going to, like, what's the, there's no point in that, right? There's just no, there's no next step that you can go through. So we, this is no nonsensical almost. So the law is binding or lords over a person as long as he lives. For, and now he's going to give an example. Okay, For a married woman is bound. And I've got a picture here of what your blank is. Um, the word means uh, uh, bound or in bonds, knit or tied. T-I-E-D. Now I will give you a Google tip. Uh, don't ever search that word. Ever. I did not know this. Um, I'm always looking for pictures to include. Just don't do that. So uh, this is the, the mental image that I want you to have. This picture of rope is the picture of the mental image I want you to have as we go through the lessons. So this is going to stay up behind me the entire rest of the lesson because this is what I want you to be thinking about. So a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. Does this make sense? Like if you enter into a legal contract of marriage that there is a binding together 
by law as long as both parties are alive. This seems to make a lot of sense. All right. But if her husband dies, so she is, she is tied to him, right? But if her husband dies, what happens? She is released, which is good because I want you to have the mental image right now of like if I keel over with a heart attack, Julie dragging my dead body around with a rope around with her. Right? I mean, that, you just go, like, what? That's awful. And Julie's thinking, why'd you use that analogy right now? That's, that's horrible. <laughs> She's wondering if it's around my neck. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was, it got hot in here all of a sudden, guys. Um, so she is released. So here's the word for released. Look at your, I'm gonna, just gonna, we're going to fly right past that one. So. <laughs> to be entirely idle or useless, to abolish, to cease, to destroy, to do away, to become of no effect, to fail, to loose, to bring to naught, to put away, to vanish away, to make void. Does this sound like it has anything left if when you use those words? Nothing, right? There's just, this legal contract is done. The death of a spouse, the marriage is over. Okay? All right. She is released from the what? The law of marriage. All right. Accordingly, or kind of by the same conclusion, she will be called. She has, uh, there will, there will people that will say these things that your blank here is bare as a title. She will get a title of adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband's alive. Does this make sense? Okay? Like, we, this is not rocket science marriage here, okay? All right, so let's look at, uh, let's look at this word for lives. This word for lives means to, to become or to become into existence or to, begins to be. Begins to be. So if she begins to be with another man while her husband's alive, what is her title? Adulterous. All right, we got it. But... If her husband dies, so this is the same word as, um, yeah, that's funny. She did yesterday. She did yesterday. She moved it 20 feet. Some of you uh, text me while I'm teaching, and about 90% of the time I don't respond. But, Sean, can you tell the class what you just texted me? Julie would drive the truck. She drove it yesterday. Boom. <laughs> and I did not have my phone on me, and I could not get evidence of this. So, it's all right. Moving right along. But if her husband dies, yeah, there we go. I was I was just going to pause so we could get it on the tape. She will definitely be selling it, yes. Uh, and somebody's going to get a great deal because she's like ten bucks and she's good with it. So I'm just saying. But if her husband dies, this is the same word we talked about last week and the week before. It literally means lies a dying. So he, like his body is laying dead. She is what? Free. And this is a different word. This is, means uh, unrestrained to go at pleasure. She's not a slave. She's exempt from obligation or liability. She's free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. This word for marries. Does anybody not have an ESV that they are reading off of for their actual Bible? What, does anybody have a different word than marries for that? Because it's a very interesting word. Gives herself? Good. Anybody else? It's the exact same word for lives up in verse uh, 3. 
because the idea is that she is going to becoming to be with another man. She is not an adulteress at that point, which I thought was interesting that the word is it literally not the word Mary's, but Mary's describes what is going on there very, very well. So verse four, likewise, my brothers, you have also died. Now, this means to kill or to mortify to the law through dia, through the center of the body of Christ, so that you may belong. This is the same word for married. This is the same word for lives with, begins to be, so that you may belong to another. And who's the other? This is Jesus, yes. To, the, to him who has been raised from the necros, from the dead. In order that we what? Might bear fruit, yes. Now, this is in the subjunctive mood. Uh, the subjunctive mood is possibility or uh, it's probability or possibility is your blank there. The idea is that there is potential now for this where there was no potential before. So let me ask you a question. How many of you garden? Does anybody garden? Are you gardening? You kill stuff? Yes. You do well at our house. You'd fit right in, right? Um, Gardening assumes that things are alive and then will do what? Bear fruit. fruit, Yes. And if you don't bear fruit, what's that a sign of? It's like sickness or problems or sometimes just like death. Like this thing's dead. And it just took us a while to figure this out. I had a bonsai plant for uh, about three months and we worked on it and worked and it was dead. And you can work on dead plants all you want. It's still going to be dead. It's not produced. Like, I took it into two different, um, like, these specialty shops that sell these things. Um, And I got to tell you, both the guys were high as kites. (laughs) Completely high as kites. But they knew their bonsai stuff. So I didn't know if there's some connection there or if that's your thing. You're not. You can tell me about this bonsai culture where you smoke weed all day. But the second guy was like, well, I'm, I'm going to test something, okay? I was like, all right. He pulls out a knife, and he whacks like a third of the bonsai plant off. I was like, what did you just do? He's like, I'm proving to you it's dead. I was like, he's like, you see how it's, it's like dark and dry in the very center? I was like, yeah. He said, that means it's dead. It's not coming back. I was like, yeah, but, but it was expensive. He's like, I don't care how much it cost. It's dead. It's not going to... I was like, all right, all right. I think, I'm, I, think I understand uh, what this guy is saying here at this point. <laughs> I paid a lot more than $9.99 for the first one, I'll tell you that. And the second one. I managed to kill it too, so... Uh, so... So we can belong, we can begin to be with another, to him, Jesus, who has been raised from the dead, in order that we might have the possibility of bearing fruit. For who? For God, right? All right, great. Let's keep going. Verse 5. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful or offenses, passions, these hardships, these influences, these affections, these sufferings, aroused by the law. So what, how does the law arouse sinful passions? You, yeah. Because have you ever seen a rule and when you saw the rule... Like, you had no desire to, to do that thing before you saw that there was a rule against it. And then you see the rule and you go, oh, well, now I want to do that. Absolutely. Well, 
What, speed bumps? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's actually what the next two weeks of lessons are all about. That this is what the law does. The law shows us our sin, and then we have this proclivity to go and to do that. Because this is human nature, right? We're fallen and broken and sinful. This is the way this works. So our, for while we were living in the flesh, this is before Jesus, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work or were uh, active or efficient, uh, efficient sinful. This is horrible, right? We're, we're efficient in our members to bear fruit for what? For death. So we, got, we can bear fruit for God with life. We can bear fruit for death with sin. All right, verse 6. But now... We are released. Now, this is the exact same word back in verse 2, talking about when her husband dies, she's released from the law of marriage. This is, we are abolished, entirely useless. We are seized, we are destroyed, we become of no effect. But now, we are completely released from the law having died. We, are, we lie a dying to that which held us captive. Now, if you've got a hard copy of the Bible, flip back to Romans 1, uh, verse 18. Because I made a big deal out of this for a couple of weeks. So somebody read me verse 18 when you get it. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. This word for held us captive is in Romans 1.18. Now some of you may remember what I did a long, long time ago. But where'd my jacket go? I had it over here. Thank you. Thanks. And are you using this Bible? That's a shame. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. It's Jesus juke. Oh, now, now the text messages have begun. Here we go. All right. Fun stuff. So this word... Thank you. That was wonderful. Managed to get Star Trek in there. So uh, th- these people managed to what? Hold the truth in unrighteousness. Hold the truth. They, they, remember I, I talked about cover it up? They want to cover up the truth and hide the truth so that people can't know and see the truth. And what does Jesus do? He unveils, he reveals, he uncovers. It's the complete and total opposite. This word is the exact same thing here in verse 6. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive. The law does this to our freedom. You're not free under the law. Does this make sense? I'm not talking bad about the law. The law is righteous. The law is good. The law is holy. This is what we're going to study next week and the week after. But the law holds our freedom down. Do you ever remember the Israelites in the Old Testament being described as free? Not really. They were, they were physically captive to certain nations several different times. But even when they were released... Their religious practices were not described as free. 
It was, you will do this, and you will do this, and you will do this, and you will, and you will do it on these days, and you'll do it at these times, and these particular people will do this. Highly, highly regimented and restricted. And in the new covenant, what do we have? Freedom. And this is good. This is very, very good. Now, I don't want you to think I'm talking bad about the law. The law is our schoolmaster. The law shows us, like, this is the mirror of you and me, and we are evil and wicked and no good, and we need a Savior. The law is good, but it also holds down freedom. So I just want us to see this just for a second. Now, so what do you think your blanks are to hold down? There we go. It held us captive. But now we serve or we are, we, we be a slave in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. I'll give it back just in case y'all wanted to use it. So it's, it's probably okay. Julie's giving me the head nod like that wasn't good. All right. It's all right. Hey, Sean, I want to get this on the tape, okay? If I keel over, you get a good price for the truck, all right? That's all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> so, you remember the rope? You remember the rope? What are we bound to? Yes. Are we bound to the law? No, we're not. And this is really, really important. So we're going we're to keep looking here for just a second, all right? So let's, let's ask a couple of questions, or questions that we typically ask. So are there any repeated words? Any repeated words? Death, Death yes, and dying. What else? Law. There's several, guys. It's okay. Fruit. Released, yes. Nobody said the A word. You're like, what? Adulterous, yes. It's in there a couple of times. Woman, man, another. Another is very important here. So a couple things, uh, observations of this text. I just want to talk about it for a second. <clears throat> A lot of people look at this text and they say, this is about marriage. Not exactly. Like a lot of commentaries will read this and they will just talk, talk about marriage and marriage and marriage. And you're like, not exactly. Paul's giving an example here. This is not the end all be all on the nature of marriage. There are other texts of scripture that give a lot more uh, fleshing out of what is going on about marriage. So uh, we want to make sure that we are really careful to focus on the main point and not the examples or the metaphors or the ideas that are proposed to give evidence for something that is a larger point. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to show you what the implications of your answer to the question are, and you're not going to like it. Because your brain's going to go, well, that can't be right. I must have answered the question wrong. Okay, and I'm and I'm going to let you stew in it for a week or so. <clears throat> All right. So the questions on your handout 
Are Christians under obligation to keep the Old Testament law? So read verse 4. Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another. Are Christians under obligation to keep the Old Testament law? Likewise, my brothers, you have also... I'm going to keep reading the verse until you answer. Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ. Are Christians under obligation to keep the Old Testament law? No, you're not. So, Exodus chapter 20. What's Exodus chapter 20? I'm going to ask the same question. Are Christians under obligation to keep the Old Testament law? No. Very good. Now, I'll give you an out. I'm going to, some of you are like, but... But it's on the wall at my house. Like, we paid for that beautiful art. Yes, I understand. All right. All of the stuff that is described in the Ten Commandments shows up somewhere in the New Testament as, don't be doing that. Right? I mean, this is the, the, the stuff in the Old Testament that Jesus wanted us not to do or to do shows up in the New Testament just like it should. So, so don't panic when I say the Ten Commandments do not apply to a New Testament believer. They didn't throw anything. That's awesome. You are not tied to the law. Jesus is better. Better. He is greater. We had a structure in the Old Testament. Jesus came and he fulfilled it flawlessly. Perfectly, so that we don't have to do that. We get to experience relationship with Him. We're not tied to that. We're tied to Him, which is better. This is very, very good. So, <clears throat> uh, does a working knowledge of the Old Testament help a New Testament believer? <laughs> have we mentioned the Old Testament at any point in this series so far? There's very, very few parts of the New Testament where a good, solid, thorough understanding of the Old Testament doesn't come in really, really handy. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of things that if we ignore about the Old Testament, that we will fundamentally not understand about the New. So we need to be really, uh, really careful with that. What about Messianic Jews? That's a great question. So uh, is there an exclusion here for Jews? There you go. If there was an out, I would preach the out. There's no out. He, the beautiful thing about what Jesus did, it wasn't a... So this is a great, this is a great point. I'm glad you brought this up. Um, Christ's redemption was not partial. Right? It was whatever is more global than the word global. Universal. It was... Beyond the bounds of, I mean, it covered it all. He didn't come and he say, the Bible didn't say he fulfilled part of the law. Fulfilled it all. 
Does that work? Yeah. Cool. I'm not getting other tech. Now you, now you guys, I'm going to start putting my phone number on the handout so you can text me, those of you who don't have my phone number, right? It's a good way to ask questions for introverts. <clears throat> All right, so a couple of... Uh, couple of applications and per personalizations. I've got a quote here that I don't fully agree with, but I agree with it in this context. Uh, it's by Barclay. It says, death cancels all contracts. So I think death cancels all human earthly contracts, right? I mean, we're, you're, just, you're out of that. That person is no longer on the hook because that person is not here. I don't think death cancels all spiritual contracts. Uh, we, we agree, right? Because if... If, um, if death canceled my contract that Jesus said, or that the Father said, I am no longer guilty because of what Jesus did, then I have a problem. <laughs> I want Jesus to come back before I die. Otherwise, well, God would say that's no longer any good. So in human relationships, death cancels all contracts. So number one, I would say, what do we do with that? Serve the right master. See, we're either going to serve sin or we're going to serve God. That's what Amy talked about last week. Pick. We all have to pick. And if you don't pick, there's a default setting that's already picked. Right? It's that form on the internet that you filled out that, well, I didn't realize I had to click that box. Well, that box has to be checked, and we've checked it for you. And if you want to change it, like, you can have some input on that, but the, the box will be checked. You will pick slaves. You will pick righteousness. One of the two. There, there's no other options. All right, so what's in the point number two? Evidence and examples support the main idea, but they aren't the main idea, so focus on the main idea. Pretty straightforward, just kind of a Bible study principle here. Um, I, will, I will tell you that it is extraordinarily tempting from a teaching and a studying perspective to chase the non-main ideas. They are so enticing. It's like dangling candy in front of me right now. I'm probably going to take it. <laughs> no, but that's not the point, right? That's not the point. Uh, number three, Christian, the word Christian means something. So this kind of goes back to, I hinted at this just a little bit, back in verse uh, three. She will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. Right? We have titles for things that help us understand what things are. If we are slaves to God and serving Christ and fleshing out and bearing fruit, we call that a Christian. So don't take that title and then not be Christ-like. That title means something. So Christian means something. So be Christ-like. And then number four, because uh, I was assuming you would all say no to the question of are Christians under the Old Testament law? And if you said yes, then we were going to have a longer conversation. Um, Jesus releases Christians from the law. I said that exactly like I wanted to say it. We don't call those who believed in the Messiah in the Old Testament Christians. Right? Come believers, absolutely. But they're not Christians. It's a different different term that we use. So I'm specifically talking about New Testament believers here. Jesus releases Christians from the law, so serve in the Spirit and be fruitful. Yes, absolutely. His universal redemption was not so that we could um, 
fill in blanks in a handout. As much as we like to get them all right. That's not the point. The point is to be fruitful. So, um, next week and the week after, we're going to be in this longer text, The Law and Sin, because Paul raises a lot of questions by what he says today about the law. Because it makes you think, well, well, is, is it good? Is it bad? What's the deal? How do we interface with this? What, what does that mean for a New Testament believer? What's our relationship? And he really expands this thought out uh, over the next uh, 17, 18 verses. Uh, but remember, you have homework, and I think I got it on the handout this week. So on that back side of the handout at the bottom, that's your homework. On the right side, to read Romans, specifically 7, 7 through 25. Uh, talk about Romans. We've got a group set up for that. And send me any feedback by Wednesday so that we can get that uh, baked into the lesson and communicated. All right. If this is the first time you have ever been told the Ten Commandments do not apply to you, your brain's going to hurt for a few months. I'm just telling you, okay? It's, it's going to hurt for a few months. Uh, and you may feel like you're betraying your kindergarten Sunday school teacher X number of years ago. You're not, okay? So just soak on this. This has real repercussions and real ramifications for the believer. Uh, but I'm not interested in getting up here and preaching law. We're going to preach the gospel. So uh, your weekly update is on your handout, is on your table as well. Uh, look over those prayer requests. Uh, pray over those. There's a couple of announcements on the back. I'm going to give you one more week to do the survey, and then I'll probably send an email out with some of the themes of the results. A lot of really, really, really good feedback from that. Uh, I have been very, very pleased with the, the time that you've taken, the thoughtfulness that you put into that. So if you're looking to still complete that, I'll give you a link there. Uh, and then a couple jobs on the back that we're looking to do as well. Yes. Yes. Hang on just a sec, guys. Yes. But no one ever answered my questions. But then people showed me Jesus. And that's what brought me to Christ. Not the rules. Yep. But then the rules made sense. Like what you were yep. saying, that everything in the New Testament verified that for me. Because yeah. when someone showed me Jesus and how much he loved me and how he lived his life, it all came together. Yep. And um, so if anyone's wondering what he said about the Ten Commandments, focus on Jesus. Yeah, because he fulfilled all of that. It's he beautiful. All those things, yeah. and don't get bogged down in all those rules because I miss out on so much. Yeah, the, the rules and the law will never provide peace. They will never provide rest because that's not how treadmills work. Prayer time, guys. Thanks. Thanks.